From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour or so. If you want to connect with me, you can do so via email, Charlie Robinson at tntradio.live is the place to do that. You can go to my new website and follow me there. Macroaggressions.io is the place to do that. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Macroaggressions, where I argue with uh, people that are more than likely not human. Now let's start this week off right, shall we? With some headlines for Monday, January 8th, 2024. Shipping giant halts container ship sales to Israel. This is Chinese state-owned Costco, not to be confused with the American retail version, Costco. Um, this, this Chinese state-owned container company has suspended all travel through the Red Sea to Israel. Uh, over $200 billion in trade has been diverted in just the last three weeks. This is going to be a continuing story. I think people are going to um, be paying attention to for the next couple of months, if not for the rest of this year, depending on how things turn in the uh, Gulf of Aden. Also, from Gateway Pundit, uh, uh, this headline is so preposterous. I feel like I have to read it twice. California expands state health insurance to include sex change surgeries for illegal immigrants. I mean, <laughs> finally, we are tackling the pressing problems of our time. It's far too long that we've been ignoring the plight of transgendered immigrants coming across the border into America. We need to prioritize these people. How dare you? Uh, the Guardian reports. Dismay as Mehdi Hassan's MSNBC and Peacock News show canceled. Oh, I didn't get a chance to tell him how sorry I am because he blocked me on X for reminding him that he was busted multiple times for plagiarizing during his uh, tenure as a journalist. Um, but of course, that'll get you promoted at MSNBC. And finally... From Zero Hedge, <laughs> the AARP just told its 38 million members to get an eighth, yes, eighth shot of mRNA. Uh, for those of you that don't know, AARP is an acronym, of course it is, uh, for American Association of Retired People. These are people that are over 65 years old, and they are a pretty sizable batch, baby boomer generation, and they've got a lot of power. And the AARP likes to exploit that power by using its influence over the very trusting senior citizen uh, community to tell them to inject themselves with an unproven uh, rush to market experimental gene therapy. They should all be tried for crimes against humanity. I would like to propose something to you with regard to COVID. I'd like you to know that COVID has a 99.98% survivability rate in a median death age of 80. What does that mean? Well, in the United States, the median death age is 79. So with COVID, you actually get an extra year. And I would ask you this, let's put it in some different different context. If you were, let's say you're in high school and you took a math test. And on that math test, you got a 99.98% on your test. Would you ask the professor for extra credit? Would you? When the extra credit, if it did everything right, 
the maximum benefit it could give you is 0.02% of added benefit. Would you do it then? What about this? What if the extra credit could kill you? What if the extra credit made you fall down on the soccer pitch and roll around and go into cardiac arrest? Well, this is what they're wanting you to do with regard to COVID. This is uh, a crime against humanity. This is, uh, if listen, if you, if you took your dog to the vet and got your dog eight rabies shots and your dog still got rabies, wouldn't you start asking questions about the effectiveness of the rabies shots? Well, that's what they're doing with COVID. And it seems that they uh, don't even respect you enough to allow you to dig into the stats on your own without calling you a conspiracy theorist or banning you from social media. We've gone through this for the last three years, and now they're trying to pass this all off as, oh, well, you know, mistakes were made. Well, we're not going to allow you guys and your poor statistical analysis to run this planet any longer. We're done with this. The mainstream media's role with big pharma is to shill for them when they get 60% of their ad revenue from the pharmaceutical industry inside the United States. They are an institution that cannot be trusted be it big pharma or the mainstream media or both, okay? This is a crime. It should be treated as such. This um, this uh, headline came actually from Zero Hedge, but it was from the Substack article of Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson has been in the news quite a bit after his appearance on Joe Rogan, in which he blew the whistle on a lot of this stuff. Not that we weren't doing it too. Not that we weren't screaming at the top of our lungs about all of the COVID stuff, but uh, but but just leave it up to the AARP. If there's one thing I know that the United States government would definitely like to do, but they're certainly not going to tell you about it, is they would like to find any possible way that they can to get around paying Social Security benefits. So if you go and sign up for your eighth shot and you fall over dead, that is a problem that just sorted itself out as far as the United States government is concerned. Hey, at TNT, we never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7, online, globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Monday, the first U.S. lunar lander in more than 50 years rocketed towards the moon, kicking off a new era of private companies bidding to capitalize on the commercialization of space deliveries. On board this particular maiden voyage, various scientific equipment, which is to be expected, of course, but also on board the remains of a few deceased humans and an energy drink. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Tell me about the energy drink, Ruckus. I must know, what have they launched into space this time? This is a very fascinating story to me. I, I guess we should have seen this coming. It is 2024 and all, so why not? I mean, this is the first time we're going back to the moon in like over 50 years, people. So we got to bring on board uh, some dead people and a uh, sports drink. Makes perfect sense. Um, this is the Peregrine Mission 1. It took off at, I believe it was 216 a no 218 a.m. Eastern time. That's right. From the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Um, and it's it's in flight. This is indeed the first U.S. spacecraft due to land on the moon's surface since Apollo 17 back in 1972. And it appears to lift off into space as planned. There was a little bit of an anomaly, some issue with uh, its solar panels trying to reach 
towards the sun or something like that. I don't have enough information about that, but I don't think it's a catastrophic failure. Um, here's what they're doing. So NASA is uh, one of the people, uh, the first to uh, take advantage of this. They paid this startup company by the name of Astrobotics, I believe is the name of this company. Yeah, Astrobotic, singular, I apologize. NASA paid them $108 million for five scientific instruments to be carried to the moon, uh, which is actually a cheap deal for them. It was just a fraction of the cost of launching its own mission. What a deal. Uh, and as I, we mentioned, the lander is also carrying some dead people in the form of DNA of Star Trek icons and famous former U.S. presidents, including John F. Kennedy. That's right, JFK's a piece of JFK somehow is on board going into space uh, because, you know, uh, of his speech about trying to get to the moon. Uh, I guess he made it, after all. Uh, part of the reason for the renewal of interest in lunar missions is the discovery of water on the moon, if you can believe this, which could hydrate astronauts and it could actually be a source of oxygen and fuel, saving trips in the future from having to store their own supplies. And um, this is where the energy drink works in, believe it or not. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, it's, of course, hoped that the moon can provide a staging post for missions to Mars and even further. This is probably why they did the Star Trek thing, right? Uh, Astrobo Astrobotic Chief Executive John Thornton said, quote, This is the moment we've been waiting for for 16 years, end quote. The Chief Executive of Rocket Manufacturer United Launch Alliance, Tony Bruno, was heard saying in response, quote, Yeehaw, I am so thrilled, end quote. So all the space folks are real excited. Uh, he added, Bruno did, it has so far been, quote, an absolutely beautiful mission, end quote, as the second stage booster reached orbit 15 minutes after launching, carrying the craft deeper into space. One Chris Colbert, who heads NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Services, the CLPS program, said the first flight will kickstart more frequent and cost-effective private trips to the moon's surface. That's right. Think FedEx and UPS for the moon. That's what this is. Uh, Chris Colbert says, quote, landing on the moon is extremely difficult and success cannot be assured, but these companies are technically rigorous and very business savvy. They are resourceful. And driven, end quote. Mr. Thornton, the CEO of the company Astrobotic, again, thanked NASA for, quote, rolling the dice for commercial, end quote. So that's right. We are capitalizing on space. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all the scientific equipment because I know you're more interested in learning about this energy drink. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the Star Trek stuff. So uh, among the human reboards that were, uh, human remains that were on board include the Star Trek creator himself, Gene Roddenberry, alongside his wife and son, as well as some stars, recognizable icons from the show, Nichelle Nichols, James Doohan, and DeForest Kelly. They played Neota Yuhara, Montgomery Scott, and Dr. Leonard McCoy, respectively. The DNA of former U.S. Presidents George Washington, Dwight Eisenhower, and as I mentioned, JFK, also on board. Uh, let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, where we got it? Where we got this? I'm so sorry, guys. Here we go. We have a can on, on board of an energy drink by the name of Pocari, with a P. P-O-C-A-R-I. Pocari Sweat. That has made its first flight into space. Uh, in, this can of energy drink also contains messages from 80,000 children and a powdered formulation of the product that they hope future, future astronauts can mix with lunar water that's right so that's that's where we're at charlie i think i'm going to stop right here and get your thoughts on this this is wild 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm expecting a lawsuit inbound by Tang um, for sure against this company. So you say JFK is going to be on the moon. Um, whoever had that on their 2024 bingo card is definitely in the lead, I would suggest. Uh, this is as preposterous as anything I think I have ever heard in my entire life. But but never, never miss an opportunity to lie to everybody, NASA. Never, you know, they don't call it never a straight answer for nothing with these people. But this group has been involved in some of the biggest lies in the history of humanity. And so when I hear a company called Astroglide, is it Astroglide? No, that's something else. Um, Astro something that's, that's going to take JFK's remains to the moon and then a powdered version of some energy drink and mix it with moon water, color me just a tiny bit suspicious. I don't know. It seems like a little bit of fakery going on. I'm just saying, if money laundering were a rocket, it would be this, correct? Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of weirdness to that. I, I don't know. I, it, who, who on earth needs to take advantage of this other than NASA? Sure, it's a little gimmicky to be bringing up dead dead people and all and then a can of energy drink. That's clearly a marketing stunt of some sort. Very clever one, actually. I'm not going to lie. Um, but how come, here's my question, Charlie, how come we're not seeing, how come Dogecoin isn't on board or like a wallet with some Bitcoin, Bitcoin to the moon, get it? Yeah, that would have been, they missed news. a huge opportunity here, Ruckus. I mean, there were so many, they, they've got to get out. They've got to bring in a fresh new batch of marketers, you know, not, they're still recycling Don Pettit who said, well, we had the technology to go back to the moon. We'd I'd go back in a nanosecond. We had the technology, but you know, we destroyed it and everyone went, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, you had them. We they had the telemetry data on the tapes, Ruckus. But see, NASA announced that the telemetry telemetry data on those on those tapes on those magnetic tapes. Well, they were taking up too much space in their storage, so they decided to record over it. And that the most important event in the history of mankind, they recorded over it to save space because because NASA's clipping coupons. Right. You know what I mean? They're 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 shopping at Costco and, and clipping coupons and going to early bird dinners because they're running out of money as they save space. I mean, the whole thing. I just want to scream when I hear these people talk about this stuff because I know money laundering when I see it and I'm not opposed to it. I, the money laundering has a place in our society. I would I will stand by that. But but boy, if you want me to believe that you're sending JFK's ashes and the entire cast of Star Trek to the moon, you're going to have to show me the documentation. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be taking their word for it any longer. Ruckus, I'm telling you, in 2024, I have standards, damn it. Yeah. And again, you know, kudos to Pakari Sweat for their marketing campaign here. Um, I'd never even heard of this drink. So, uh, but here, you're probably going to make history, that company. That I'm just a guessing here they'll be the first company in the history of the united states to write off a flight to space as a tax exemption so that's really exciting when you think about it yeah well finally some good news came out of this thanks ruckus i'll see you. let's check in tomorrow i'm sure you're going to have some uh news story that will be equally as uh, infuriating as this one as you often do and i appreciate the hell out of it thank you so much see you tomorrow take care buddy Brian Festa from WeThePatriotsUSA.org will be with us after the break in the second half of the show. We've got Mel Kay. Don't go anywhere. 
This is TNT. Jeremy Nell on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My first guest is the founder of WeThePatriotsUSA.org. And if you find yourself in a bad spot where your rights are being trampled, you're going to want to remember that website, domain address. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Festa. It's good to see you again, Brian. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing great, Charlie. Happy New Year to you. Well, I wish we didn't have to talk about this, but every time you and I get together, there's been some injustice committed against an American, and luckily, you and your group are there to stand up for them. Can you tell us a little bit about this teacher in Oakland that was fired for refusing to use preferred pro pronouns and how you guys got involved with this? Yeah, this is just crazy. So, I mean, we've had a lot of, obviously, cases that we've seen across the United States, other, you know, law firms, other plaintiffs, you know, involving this, what I call this trans cult, really the LGBTQ, whatever agenda. Um, and we've seen it again and again and again, you know, people in the workplace, kids in school transitioning without parents consent or knowledge. 
But this is the first case I've ever seen of a teacher, in particular, a kindergarten teacher, who's being fired for refusing to participate in the transitioning of a five-year-old girl, okay? This is just insane. This takes it to a whole nother level. When, when Mirella called us, and actually this has been going on for the better part of a year, year and a half, but it's now being brought to a head where they're actually moving forward with the termination. Um, but we've been in discussions with her for over a year now. When she first called me, I was just blown away. I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? The parents are actually pushing for this. The parents are pushing for the school to do this, okay? And the school has told her basically, in so many words, that transgender rights trump her religious rights. Oh, okay. So now we're in some very murky waters here because we have a um, a teacher, Morella Ramirez, who is Catholic, who is saying this goes against, forget my judgment as a human being. This goes against my religious beliefs, right? And this is something that I believe in my religion that we should not be participating in. And you are telling me that I have to do this or lose my job. You're putting me in a difficult spot. How in the world could you ever, um, how, how, how could somebody, how could a, a school administration take a look at this and not think that they're walking into a humongous lawsuit? Because it's California, Charlie. <laughs> they, think, <laughs> yeah, you're right. they think, hey, it's California. We can do what we want. Uh, they think they're above the law, quite honestly. They think they're above the U.S. Constitution. And even, uh, sadly, they believe they're above God's law. Um, but we know better that God's law is supreme. And here on Earth, in this United States, in our system of government, in this republic, it is still a republic, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So we have God's law, you have man's law, and then down at the bottom would be California's law, okay? Uh, so the supreme law and God's law are going to trump California law. They seem to think that because it's the Ninth Circuit, because it's California, that they're going to win. They're probably right. They probably will win in district court and probably even at the Ninth Circuit. But I don't think the Supreme Court of the United States is uh, is going to agree with the Ninth Circuit. In fact, the Supreme Court has reversed the Ninth Circuit more than any other circuit, as you know. So in this particular case, they accuse, accuse the teacher of engaging in immoral conduct by not participating in the transitioning of a this that would in my opinion that would be child abuse if you are participating yes. in the transitioning of a five-year-old kid i mean listen i do remember when i was five i had a cape and it, and the great part about the cape was on the back the little logo was interchangeable you could pull it off one day it said superman and one day right. there was a batman logo and it just depended right. on how i felt that day so are right. we to believe that that five-year-olds are in a position to know whether or not they are a boy or a girl or a dinosaur or a, 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 a you know a starfleet commander or whatever or is this really just the case of mentally ill parents uh exporting their belief system onto their kid well, listen, I don't know what's going on with the parents. I don't know what their mental state is. What I know is this does seem very outlandish and outrageous to be telling a five-year-old and supporting a five-year-old child transition the gender. Listen, we don't let five-year-old children or any children, anyone you know under a certain age, uh, consent to things like sex, smoking, drinking. Uh, we don't. We don't let them do certain things. Why? because their brains have not sufficiently developed. We've decided as a society, right, 
that their brains have not sufficiently developed to make important, life-changing, life-altering decisions about their bodies, right? As an adult, you want to drink, you want to smoke, you know, certain things you want to do in some states, even drugs. All right, you can do those when you reach a certain age, usually 21, sometimes 18, okay? But not five, okay? Same with sex. Usually it's 16 or 18, depending on the state. That's when you can make a decision to consent. You can't do it when you're five. That's called rape, okay? Statutory rape. You can't do it when you're 10 even or 12. That's rape, okay? 16 or 18 in, in most states, okay, that's a different decision. Morally, we may not agree with all of those choices, but once you reach a certain age of adulthood, we've decided as a society, okay, this isn't God's law, but man's law, we've decided as a society that certain behaviors are okay once you reach a certain age of maturity. Why then, Charlie, have we decided that age five or even younger or six or seven is perfectly legitimate age is a perfectly legitimate age to just to make a decision about transitioning your gender and even having harmful permanent life-altering gender transition surgeries hormone therapies hormone blockers why have we decided that's okay a child can consent to that well of course brian the answer is we haven't decided that we all think that this is crazy. There is a small sliver of the general public that has normalized this insanity and has has weaponized it against the general public and has even gone so far as to get people fired from their jobs, to get them um, shunned by their community. Listen, if 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 you want to if you want to fire me because I'm preventing a five year old from transitioning. I can live with myself with that one. We're going to be back with Brian Festa on the other side of this news break. Don't go anywhere. This is TNT. TNT Radio News. Huge news. 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 For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump publicly called on President Joe Biden to fire Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin for the delayed announcement about his hospitalization. U.S. leaders from both the Republican and Democrat parties have agreed on the government budget for 2024 bypassing discussions on extra funding for Israel and Ukraine, as well as for U.S. border security. Sheikh Hasina, the incumbent prime minister of Bangladesh, has secured her fifth term in office following a general election that was boycotted by the primary opposition party. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We're back with Brian Festa. You can go to his website, wethepatriotsusa.org. I suggest go take a look. See what you think. See what the cases that they're working on. They are actually out there doing the things that you would hope somebody is doing. And if you are thinking of donating, you want to donate your time or your money, um, take a look at the website, see how you can get involved. Brian, uh, talk to me a little bit about the new movie, Shot Dead, because this seems like it's coming out at the perfect time. I wish you didn't have to make this movie, of course. But given our current environment, and I'm glad that somebody is, can we talk a little bit about this? Yeah, I mean, this was the hardest project we ever took on. Listen, our lawsuits are really, really heavy, as you know. They involve, you know, people that are suffering, have lost jobs, sometimes even, you know, uh, being denied organ transplants. We've had cases, medical kidnapping cases. Those are all hard. But honestly, this was the toughest project we ever took on because it involved three families three sets of parents who actually lost children to the COVID shot. In the case of Ernest Ramirez, just five days 
After receiving the Pfizer shot at the age of 16, he collapsed and died. In the case of Naomi White, only 11 hours after birth as a result of a shot that her mother received during pregnancy. And finally, Trista Martin. Um, and we premiered this movie on the one-year anniversary of Trista's death at the age of 18, just three months after receiving the shot, the Pfizer shot. It's just absolutely horrific. Uh, the tragedy that this is the horror that this the carnage that this is unleashed on families and we wanted to profile up close and personal these families as hard as it was we felt that was important the, the one critic we got almost no criticism almost everybody who saw this says it's, it's a wonderful film heartbreaking to watch we did a beautiful job rave reviews Steve Dace Megan Kelly everyone who's seen it has given it great reviews uh, but here's the thing the, the one criticism we did get, someone said, well, you only feature three families. So someone might think this is, you know, an anomaly that this maybe this is rare. And I, and I get that. But the reason we did that is we wanted to give the proper treatment. If we had featured, say, 100 families or tried to show a thousand stories, first of all, it would be hours and hours long. Nobody would watch it. But also you can't do justice if you do keep it to an hour and a half or even two hours. You can't do justice to each of those stories if you have 100 stories. You've got to take a few select stories and show how it has dev devastated them on a personal level. We go into their living rooms, into the children's bedrooms, at, to the children's grave sites, okay, and show you the grief that these parents are really dealing with up close and personal. And then, yes, we do have Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Peter McCullough, um, another whistleblower nurse, Michelle Gersman, who talk about what they're seeing overall in larger numbers, what the studies and statistics are showing. We do have that information in there. But we wanted to profile these three families up close and personal in this hour and eight minute film. It's really all it is, a little over an hour. You know, in my intro, I talked about how AARP had just told its 38 million members to go out and get an eighth shot of mRNA technology. This is medical malpractice at the very bare minimum. It's genocide at the highest orders. And and I don't understand why this is being allowed to happen. Is the general public just completely in the dark about this? I mean, I understand the relationship with the mainstream media. I know that they get 60% of their ad revenue from big pharma, so at least in America. So you're never going to really get the, un the full unpacking. But when you were making this movie, did you find that there was an audience of people nodding along in agreement and understanding to the, of this? Or were they, is this the first time they were ever hearing about the concept of people taking these shots and then dropping dead? Well, I mean, the ones who deny continue to deny by and large, unless they've actually lost loved ones. And sometimes not even in that case, Charlie. And, and that's why these parents are so special and so brave. They've chosen to speak out and admit it, okay? There are parents who may know deep down inside or may have an inkling that this is what killed their child or their sister or brother or their mom or dad, but they don't want to admit it. They're not going to go on record saying it. They're going to continue to tell people they should get the shots. These parents have stepped forward and said, yes, we were wrong. Or in the case of Trista, she did it without her parents knowing she was an adult so it's really not on her parents her parents didn't tell her to get it in fact you know they didn't they chose not to and told her why they thought it was a bad idea to get it but um she was an adult she had just turned 18 so she made the decision to get it done they couldn't stop her um but you know other people you know of the other parents they admit it was a mistake i listened to my doctor and they've come forward ernest ramirez 
uh, Tori White come forward and said, listen, I never should have done this. This is what killed my child. And that's very, very difficult for a parent to do. I'm the parent of a vaccine injured child, as you know, and I had to come to terms with the fact that I was responsible for that, that I did that and have to admit that most people won't do that. So the people who deny have continued to deny, but we've gotten an overwhelming response, favorable response. I mentioned a few names, but just in the general public, you know, we've got over 530,000 views, I think, in just the last couple of months on Rumble alone, which considering how badly we're spent censored, you talked about the mainstream media. Um, that's huge. The fact that we've gotten over half a million already on, on a channel like Rumble uh, is very, very hard. This isn't like YouTube where, you know, in a day you can have two million you know clicks. That doesn't really happen so quickly on Rumble, as you know. Um, so to even get a half a million or over a half a million is a big deal for us. And we're going to keep climbing to that million mark, to that two million and beyond. Um, but everybody needs to watch this and share this because we wanted this chronicled, Charlie, so it was preserved for history. Because you're right, the mainstream media, the government, the pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry, medical industrial complex, they're going to continue to tell everyone to get this. And unfortunately, sadly, that's who the majority of people listen to. They're going to turn on their TV or read the New York Times, which will, will you know, or papers like that, news stations like MSNBC, you know, they're going to continue to say that we're quacks, we're conspiracy theorists. It's not true. They're making it up. And unfortunately, the masses are going to just believe that. Um, so we, it's so important that we have alternative media like TNT radio, like your show, Charlie, to continue to tell people the truth in journalism, because this is the only place that exists is the alternative media. Yeah, it's, it's a damn shame too. And I think the general public, some of them are waking up. Some of them refuse to wake up. It's, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to recognize and admit that you, um, were operating off of some bad material. But but we all do it, and and it's just a matter of degree as to how far you know how big of a mistake that that turns out to be. Where is where are we going to go in 2024 with we the Patriots Because you guys have been, I mean, never have you been as needed as you are right now. I know that you guys are always raising money. Uh, what's the best way for people to get involved with you guys and to help you out and to make sure that we don't have to make shot dead too. Well, um, I just want to say before I forget, shotdead.org is where you can watch the film, or you can go to wethepatriotsusa.org, because I was just realized I was talking a lot about the film, but I didn't tell people where they could watch it. So if you go to either our Rumble channel and look up We the Patriots USA, but the easiest way is just to go to shotdead.org. You can find it there and then share it with everyone you know. wethepatriotsusa.org is where you can go to donate to support us. Uh, in 2024, we have some huge things ahead. Uh, 2023, I will I will admit, was our toughest year in terms of fundraising because of this down economy, which is really an economic collapse that's been orchestrated, I believe, uh, in large part to silence people like us, to stop us from filing lawsuits, to stop us from fighting back. Because listen, when you can't even put food on the table or gas in your tank, the last thing you're thinking about is giving to charity, right? And we felt the burn. We felt the hurt. They put a squeeze on us, but we are going to survive. We closed December. Uh, you know, better than we expected, although, again, it still was a down year in terms of fundraising. We have a huge case right now at the United States Supreme Court. That is the cert petition that we have filed on behalf of the families and children of the state of Connecticut. Connecticut did away with its religious exemption to childhood vaccinations in April of 2021. We, within two days of Governor Lamont signing that into law, we filed a federal lawsuit. And we are now at the doorstep of the United States Supreme Court. We filed an appeal to the US Supreme Court. They are considering this. 
We are hoping to get it on the spring docket and get a hearing this spring by April or May to be in front of the Supreme Court arguing that and to get that restored. You can read that petition. It's linked on our website, the news story about the uh, appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. That, Charlie, is such an important case because it could not only restore religious exemptions in Connecticut, but it would open the door for then litigation to be filed and restore the, the exemptions in California, New York, Maine, everywhere they've been lost or where they're being threatened. Fantastic work. You guys are always doing outstanding things over there. If you are in a position where you can donate money, please consider donating money. If you are in a position where you have more time than you have money, donate your time. Take their information, share it, take the movie, share it wherever you can. That's Brian Festa, everybody. You can go to wethepatriotsusa.org to help support his work. Thanks, Brian. We'll catch you next time after the break. Thanks, Charlie. We'll God be bless. Back. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We'll uh, we'll be back with Mel Kay after the break. This is TNT. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve, healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important and it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance. You have the power of information. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When I want to get down to business, to the real bottom of what's actually happening in America, there are only a couple people that I know to reach out to. Our next guest is one of them. She's the host of the Mel Kay Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mel Kay. Hey, Mel. Good to see you again. How are Hello. you? Hello. Same right back at you, Charlie Robinson. And I'm very excited to be back on TNT with you. And uh, what a new year it is. I felt like they shot the gun off and all the horses ran in different directions. Uh, oh, here we boy. Go. Isn't that the truth? Uh, well, I saw that Joe Biden is up to his old tricks again. Dark Brandon 2.0. He gave a, a, a recent speech in which he I think he told everybody he wanted them to die or something. I don't know. I mean, he's 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 very decrepit and barely can keep it together and and read off of these off of these uh, teleprompters. But um the idea of Biden making it to the finish line, we're 11 months away. I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make it to dinner. And they're talking about running this guy for 11 more months. Is this even a possibility or are they going to orchestrate something in order to remove this degenerate from office? 
Yeah, I don't think it is a possibility, but I think that they'll play it out as long as they can. As I've thought for about two years, the uh, Democratic National Convention is in Chicago, of all places, uh, the home of the uh, new and improved Obama Foundation, which is a giant monolith of a uh, shrine there in the middle of Chicago to them. And I hear Michelle Obama is speaking at the Democratic convention. And as you remember, that's how they introduced Barack Obama uh, to us, who became, uh, right after he spoke, the nominee over there. So uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a swap out. Uh, I honestly believe if they swap out, it will be for Michelle. She did an interview over the weekend. Uh, I will warn everyone, if you think uh, Barack Obama is a globalist, communist, anti-American guy, uh, she doubles down on that. Uh, if you look at Joel Gilbert's documentary or Jack Cashel's books, um, Michelle is not, she seems, and she'll come in with her. I just like to garden and be a mom, you know, whole thing and, and swallow up a lot of people, but it's a very dangerous prospect. You and I both know he was not a anti-war president. He was an anti-telling us and Smith Munt Modernization Act, Cass Sonstein, Susan Rice, that Susan Rice isn't, isn't anywhere to be seen is dangerous in my mind. I don't know where she is, but she's definitely not doing nothing. And Valerie Jarrett runs the Obama foundation. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the move. Yeah, I do. I, I like those. I like my trilaterals out in the open so I can see them and I know what they're doing. And when when Susan Rice is hiding from me, that's usually a bad sign. That means she's in the she's in the in the background pulling strings. And Valerie Jarrett gives me sure. the creeps as well. These people are um, in, in all reality, in all seriousness, more than likely they are running currently Obama's third term disguised as Joe Biden's first term. And it's been a failure. We've seen that. It, 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 it's hard to classify it as anything, but if you are measuring it based on trying to make the United States a better place. However, if you invert that and you make the assumption that maybe is inconsistent with how you would normally view things. But if you make the assumption that in actuality, Joe Biden's job was to come in and destroy America so that you could build back better. I mean, after all, it was his his campaign slogan. You can't build it back better until you destroy the first exist, the first incarnation of it. Right. In order to that, that's the back part in building it back better. So um, maybe, Mel, if we look at it under that lens, Joe Biden has had a fantastic term as president. He's accomplished everything he set out to. Unfortunately for us, we were under the impression that it was going to make America great again. And in fact, it is the controlled demolition of the American empire. What, what do you think? You and, uh, you and Jeff's book. But the, the truth of the matter is that what we have to also look at and be very honest about is that Barack Obama signed on to Agenda 2030 very openly in 2015 without the consent of the governed, nor actually telling people of the United States that we were going to become a globalist cog in a, in a uh, global billionaire oligarchy controlled great reset that would take us back to um, a place that we would never want to go, which would be global uh, tyranny on a massive scale, and that this time America would be uh, kind of evened out equity, let's say, with the rest of the world. Uh, the controlled demolition of America, you could not have been more right. And the truth is, I believe now that I look at it, everything that has been put into um, since Joe Biden went into office, but even starting at 2015 with Barack Obama, 
the 17 sustainable development goals are totally aligned with everything they've done. And there was a 2023 September. Um, it's still on the White House website right now. I ask anyone who questions this to go look at it. Um, the O'Biden regime, I call them because it's fully Obama and his whole crew of globalist folks. They are not American patriots. They are all in on the globalist uh, agenda and, and the end of America, as far as I can see. But um, September 2023, White House celebrated their halfway to the global goals, uh, all, all laid out. And in the second half, they go through every sustainable development goal and talk about, about if you put it all together, $3 trillion that they will be transferring into global funds like the World Bank, the IMF, the IPCC, UNESCO, all of that. They don't hide it. So for me, whatever anyone thinks of Trump or whatever, all I know is for me, 2024 is about are we going to remain America, American citizens, uh, rebuild this country in some way, pull apart the the, the gross, uh, decrepit criminal enterprise that is Washington, D.C., go back to some founding principles and, and some new things, fire a lot of people, or are we going to become a globalist citizenry that is answering to the same people the EU are, because that is the plan, and they don't hide it. So if you go look at the money that they are allocating on this one document for 2024 going forward, is all, every cent, going into global agenda, global banking systems, and global control over our nation, which I already believe has been implemented in a lot of ways. Uh, and we the people are in this year. I don't care what you think you're standing for. Either you're standing for freedom or you're not, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would like to remind people that if you look at the parent organization and you look to see where the World Bank, where the World Health Organization and where the IMF are, they're underneath the United Nations and the United Nations umbrella was started by David Rockefeller. So if you think that this, there's been some misunderstanding and that maybe these people aren't actually globalists and maybe that $3 trillion, Mel, that's going to find its way into the IMF and World Bank, maybe they're going to actually fix, they're going to fix the atmosphere because there's a hole in it for the, the you know, carbon dioxide, whatever, global warming, we've, we've lost the plot, but give us money. We're going to fix, uh, we're going to fix the weather for you. This is a massive scam that has been laid out decades, if not a century in advance to, to facilitate this. And, and recently, Mel, one of the things that I think the general public, if they understood this, they would be terrified. But the World Health Organization is taking charge and they are trying to make the world a place where when they decide there is a pandemic, that then the they dictate down to the nation states themselves. So they are in fact, above supranational in their origin and that they dictate down to to the the governments underneath it including the united states did we lose our sovereignty to the world health organization recently well it looks like that's what they want and what people also need to know is that the representative that obiden sent to the world health organization is putting in some of the the um amendments to this world health organization pandemic treaty that are the worst that places like north korea and argentina are turning down things that are being submitted by the biden representative at the world health organization so yes you're absolutely right what's even scarier than that uh charlie is that the world health organization after announcing this and working on the pandemic treaty, which would give them power and uh, and control over sovereign nations, if the World Health Organization calls a pandemic, uh, they redefined what a pandemic is. 
So the World Health Organization has upgraded uh, the definition, uh, updated, upgraded, whatever for them to include uh, climate change as a pandemic reason, systematic racism, uh, gun violence, uh, everything that they can use to call a responsibility to protect on any nation, including America. And and that's another big part that people have to look up is the Samantha Power, Barack Obama, illegal infiltration into sovereign nations, UN bogus idea of responsibility to protect. Because I believe that that is the long game here. I believe Sullivan, uh, Biden, Rice, uh, Obama, all these people, when they came from West Exec, which would, they were running a tandem to Trump's administration the entire time. I don't believe Obama's team stopped working on the globalist agenda for one second after Trump won. I think they kept going. Avril Haines was involved with Blinken and almost everyone, Sullivan, uh, Saki at that West exec advisors that Blinken and, and Haines started uh, and a bunch of other people continuing the Obama agenda, continuing the Iran deal, continuing all this stuff while Donald Trump was the president. Talk about sedition and treason. But at the end of the day, uh, it really is the truth that these people are all in on this globalist, as you've described in your book better than almost anyone that I recommend all the time, the octopus of global control. The World Health Organization is meant to be a tool of that. It is run by an actual communist war criminal picked by the CCP and Bill Gates and Bill Gates running a lot of that stuff. So it's very important for people to understand not only was Trump right to pull out of the World Health Organization, but we should pull out of the entire United Nations apparatus, especially UNESCO uh, and the World Health Organization and anything else that is trying to cede the sovereignty because UNESCO is doing it in their way with education and, and all of that. And of course, the IPCC, Club of Rome, again, Rockefeller, the IPCC is now talking about them running a global tax on carbon separate from the one John Kerry's talking about. So we are in, in serious state in America and people have to, I agree with you. If the American people understand that there was a globalist billionaire oligarchy of which I call the fourth Reich, because they're very similar to the third Reich, except for this time, there is no uh, flag, no country, no people, nothing that none of that matters. It is power for power's sake by a small group of people that have usurped our nation and captured our politicians. And we, the people, can not comply our way out of this, but not if we keep thinking each other is the enemy. When it's not, we have the same enemy, and it's very clear who it is. Well, the World Health Organization would like you to wear a mask so that you don't catch racism. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so preposterous. And and I feel like, and I'm almost like half kidding, but Babylon B-ish here, but like, I fully expect there to be an mRNA vaccine for racism at some point. Like oh, you, you can oh, almost, oh, yeah, for like, sure. You, well, there's you, definitely you can... one for climate. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Take your climate vaccine, or else uh, you know the the pedophiles won't fix the sky for you. Uh, speaking of weirdo lunatics on television, did you see Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC cry? When recounting January 6th, did you did you see it? I, I'll tell you, I have a barometer for telling whether or not I'm dealing with a serious person or not. When I mentioned January 6th and they start to talk about how it was the day that America lost its uh, freedom and it's the darkest day in American history, I know I'm not dealing with a serious person at this point. Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC, I presumably with a straight face, I guess I'm assuming he wasn't on drugs, started crying on camera when attempting to to thank somebody who wrote a book about January 6th. Are we at like peak idiocracy here, Mel, or what? Yeah, 
Well, that somebody also, his book is filled with lies as they are about to arrest my friend, journalist Stephen Baker, who absolutely proves that that guy's a liar. Uh, they keep repeating that five cops died on that day. No cops died on that day. One, a couple of women died that day, Rosalind Boylan and, uh, and Ashley Babbitt, but uh, their whole story, and it's amazing how they repeat it over and over. The worst part of it all is that there are actual American citizens that don't understand what happened that day and why it happened that day that are cheering this on that should know better because, you know, I have to tell you, January 6th, what I believe really the biggest picture of why they orchestrated this thing was so that we never rose up again as the people of the United States addressing grievances with our government. Not only, of, first of all, you and I both know a lot of people that were there that day were not Trump supporters. They believe that our election system is completely corrupt. I know as many libertarians that were there that day as I know Trump supporters, first of all, and that's about a handful yeah. of people I've had on about 16 people that were arrested uh, are in jail now we're in jail uh we're entrapped and i've had on three of the lawyers you know this is just a very obvious situation but the worst part charlie is that right now we have some very serious things that the american people should be getting together gathering in front of the white house and in hundreds of thousands of people like before vietnam or before iraq should feel comfortable gathering to address our grievances about the march to World War III and nuclear war, and people can't and won't because they are scared of what happened on January 6th. Then you have Matthew Graves come out yesterday and say that they have a list of another thousand people that they're going to arrest that didn't go inside the Capitol because they were on restricted grounds. When we all saw the videos of whoever those operatives were cutting down all the signs and all the all the thing, but restricted grounds for what one day? Nobody knew that those were restricted grounds. But at the end of the day, the worst problem is that we, the people of the United States, should be uniting under an anti-war demand peace agenda. And we can't because these people made it terrifying for average American citizens to go there thinking that their whole lives will be destroyed by this uh, captured Department of Justice and FBI that is weaponized to shut us up. And I really think that we need to get over it, get our get our courage back and say, you know what, this is, a, as you always say, this is a hill worth dying on when it comes to transhumanism. But these people want us to go to a nuclear war and, and we ha we see it, we hear it. And yet January 6th worked so well as a terror campaign, in my opinion, to scare us into not addressing our grievances with a government that is driving us towards hell and dystopia. And we need to really figure out how to get over that and do it anyway, is my opinion right now. I agree. I, I agree, Mel. J January 6th was a setup for the future. That was to get right. it in the back of everybody's minds. I don't want to protest this war, right. this future war, or this future whatever it is, this future lockdown, because if I do, I might wind up like the January 6th people. That Absolutely. was done to make an example out of those people, the way parents have done that to to one child to make an example to the, you know, the teacher does it to the one student to make an example of the others and, and makes them wear the dunce cap. Well, tell you what, you're right, Mel, we should take the dunce cap off if we want to stand up for what's right in this country. Otherwise they're going to steamroll us. We've watched it play out over the years. We know what's coming. Um, that's Mel Kay, everybody. You can check her out. The Mel Kay show is available, I think everywhere, but rumble's a good place to find it for sure. Go, go find yeah. her. 
her work over there, support Mel's work. She's doing outstanding things and talking to really fascinating people. And you can catch uh, my first guest, Brian Festa, over at wethepatriotsusa.org. And you can help him with all of the um, fundraising that he's doing in order to get legal counsel for a lot of these people. They'll beat us however they can try to beat us. And lawfare is a tool that has been very effective. So if you know that's what they're going to do, you can defeat them by uh, make, making sure that you contribute money to the people that are standing up for our rights. Big thanks. Thank you, Mel. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. And as Thank for the so rest much. of you savages out there, I'll catch you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn this place down while I'm gone. Take care.